You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. It was just about five years ago, January of 2018, that Fitz and I began this epic adventure together. Now, he cheated on me countless times throughout, uh, including just leaving the show entirely for a while. But he came back. He came back for Spain and Fitz. (laughs) And it ends tonight, December 1st. Hey, Fitz, one last ride. Let's ride. No, no, no. We don't want it to. No, we don't want it to be that kind of ride. No, we need to do better than whatever the hell's happening in Broncos country. This ride needs to be one last good ride, Fitz. I do feel like, though, there's an eye roll element to the way that Russ delivers Let's Ride that is very similar <laughs> to almost before every show when I scream mercilessly at the staff of the show and I go, let's go. I, I just <laughs> realized fair. that I am the Russell Wilson of this show and I'm sorry. I, you know I what? think your reading is. is. I think okay, the rest right, of yeah. you is fine. Maybe like like previous Russ, and then your ability to read is the equivalent of so Russ's current I, season. I, I read right now like Russ reads defenses right now. That's oh! right. That's right. Nailed it. Spain and Fitz. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. One last Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Going to have some of our show faves come on and chat with us. Lots of stuff today with the big football game tonight. Um, and we're going to close the show, Fitz, with Sports Tinder. It's been a while since we made some some bad decisions. No, well, I, I love that because any chance we can swipe, which will always remind me of the most awkward. We're going to tell stories about the course of the next couple hours. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. The first time we ever decided we were going to do Sports Tinder, the producer at the time, uh, who, you know, doesn't really matter, but the producer at the time had to explain <laughs> to us what Super Like was because we had no idea. And I yeah. was like... This is weird because he was not somebody that I no. would have thought would have known Mm-mm. anything about Tinder. So I was like, okay. Yeah. I forgot about him. Thanks for making sure to bring him up tonight. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Devin and Stosh. We love you both. Both of yeah, our producers that we love. Everyone else is a distant memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk a little Thursday night football, Fitz, because we actually got a good one tonight. I mean, the expectation, of course, is that if the Bills do what they should do, they will have success against the Patriots. But it's always an interesting matchup. 8-15 Eastern on Amazon, of course, since it is a Thursday night football. Uh, Mina Kimes was on Around the Horn today, and she basically broke this game down to one big thing. Well, the Patriots have to protect Mac Jones. This has been the single biggest determinant. I would say single biggest reason why this offense has struggled has been his play under pressure. When he is pressured, he has a QBR of 1.5. I repeat, 1.5, which is 31st in the NFL ahead of only Zach Wilson. Somewhat improbably, when he is kept clean, that QBR ranking jumps to 17th. Now, whether the Bills can accomplish that is a little bit tricky because, as you mentioned, Von Miller is not going to play in this game. Gregory Rousseau, their other star edge rusher, should be returning, which should help but the Bills have struggled all year with injuries on defense they have struggled on both offense as well uh, Josh Allen of course with the UCL but for me it's the injuries on defense that have made the Bills seem lesser than what we expected and whether they can get to Mac Jones will determine whether or not they can win this game and I think how we perceive them going forward She's right. And not only will Von Miller not be playing, but he has now, since she recorded that, been added to the IR. So what we talked about early on in this season with the Bills wasn't just Josh Allen, who looked better at the start of the season than in some recent games where we've seen some slip-ups, but a defense that looked like it was absolutely going to crush teams and injuries have killed them, Fitz. Yeah, 100%. And what's interesting about this is for all of that conversation – the Bills are clearly the better football team here. Mm-hmm. What's wild is that we've watched the Bills for a generation lose to the Patriots, so it's hard to imagine we're coming into a situation where right now, every time these two teams play on the field, 
the Bills should win. They are the better team top to bottom. So, you know, while you're right, and I think Mina makes a great point about what Von Miller will mean not being in this game, you can't get into a world where Mac Jones is beating Josh Allen against in these sorts of matchups because these are the games, if you're going to be the Bills that we think the Bills should be for the next five years, you got to beat the, this Patriots team particularly. This Patriots team has their own issues. So I'm looking at the Bills squarely saying, hey, come in and play better in the red zone. Come in and figure out ways to confuse Mac Jones on the defensive side of the ball and come in and get the win that you should be able to get. Yeah, and I think on the other side of it, it's important, too, that the Patriots try to make life tough for Josh Allen. They they haven't been able to most of this season. They've had a pretty inconsistent pass rush unit up front, but uh, they need lead to at, need, at least need to make it so that he's not just like dancing around out there doing whatever he wants. Uh, I think also Josh Allen and the Bills just need to be more effective in the red zone. They last season were number one in the NFL. They were scoring touchdowns at 66 plus percent of the time, and they've gotten way worse. They've actually turned the ball over six times in the red zone this season. So not only are they not effectively getting those scores, but they're really having trouble hanging on to the ball. And those kind of mistakes are the ones that let a team that is lesser than you get into a game. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it comes down to can Josh Allen play efficiently and then can he pay, play a little more patiently? This is mm-hmm. something that we constantly, I think, look at quarterbacks and say, okay, you know, the one thing A.J. McCarron has hammered into my head on Saturdays for our college football show that he was coached at Alabama was take what the defense gives you and by the end they'll give you the game. And there's a, a principle of Josh Allen has been aggressive at bad times a couple of times. It's the temptation you have when you have Stephon Diggs. You just want to be able to heave the ball up and let guys make plays. But this is going to be one of those test the patience. Let's see if Josh Allen can just take what's there because Gabe Davis should have a big game here. So I think the, the Bills have the weapons. Josh Allen needs to be patient, needs to be controlled, needs to make sure he understands what he sees, and then he doesn't have to be Superman on every play. You think he's been hearing from anybody about the whole Patrick Mahomes comparison? Because we heard that a lot with him, right? Be willing to dink and dunk. Don't always go for the deep ball. Be patient. Take what they give you. Don't, you know, you don't need to hit the big play every time just because you're excited about having run it in practice. If you don't see it, it's not there. I mean, I bet he's had people point out and show the way that Patrick Mahomes has been able to make that adjustment. Yeah, well, and I think that's the the evolution of quarterbacks, right? We talk so often about how we judge quarterbacks in the NFL and how many times have I said it? This makes for bad radio, but I think it takes a three-year period to really figure out for a lot of guys who you have at quarterback because year one is the quarterback making their statement. Year two is defenses adjusting to it, and then year three is the quarterback readjusting, right? So in my mind, you're absolutely right also that Mahomes was able to make that next adjustment in how he plays the game. Josh Allen has done a great job of evolving every year as a quarterback in the NFL. This is the next step in that evolution is that you got too much on the line. When Super Bowls are the expectations, you can't make stupid mistakes. Well, and I know that Bill Belichick probably circles every game on the calendar and certainly over the last couple years has had some teams do him dirty without Tom Brady. But in this particular case, the Pats are facing a Bills team that in their last two meetings have scored a combined 80 points and didn't punt a single time. Good so I'm guessing Lord. that Bills got a little bit of extra fire in him to make sure that this game, if not a win, is at least not a blowout. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, 
one last time. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. You can, throughout the show, send us wonderful, kind messages only, nice tributes, things you want to tell us about how much you've loved the show. You can be a part of Spain and Fitz Nation. Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Tweet us at Spain and Fitz, at Sarah Spain, at Jason Fitz. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Uh, we are going to get back into this game. Uh, one of the show faves, Christine Lisi and always great Mike Reese, are going to come on to break down both sides of the matchup. But I wanted to point out quickly, Fitz, something that we saw on, on the Twitter feed right before the show started. Some really troubling news about Antonio Brown. We had heard that there was a warrant for his arrest related to a battery charge, but just very recently, reporting is that he is engaged in a standoff with police, has locked himself inside his home, refusing to turn himself in on that active arrest warrant, and police negotiators are trying to reason with him using a megaphone. Allegedly, Brown has guns in the house. That's from several reporters. Um, we do not have any news other than about 16 minutes ago when the police department said it remains an active investigation. There have been multiple attempts to take him into custody, but to protect the integrity of the investigation, they're not releasing more info right now. That's really scary. Yeah, it's a scary situation. And right now, all thoughts are just on everybody that could be in that house and that everybody make it out safe. Absolutely. We'll keep you updated if we get any more news on that. It's Spain and Fitz coming up. The U.S. men's national team is making us believe... We'll talk to a Ted Lasso star about the World Cup and more next. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Ooh, just the music makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. It does. It's time for that Christmas episode to get played like 11 straight times. Oh That's my happening God. soon. One like, of the best. Because I need to ugly cry. That's what I need to do. It's just ugly cry. Like, that's what we're subscribing. Okay. That's, that's we fine. already know that's you're going to ugly, ugly cry for hours after tonight's show. I am a look, I'm an ugly crier. Like I don't cry about much of my personal life in life, but like there's something about TV and movies that will definitely like I'm that guy in the theater that the fl- like once the switch is flipped, I am sobbing uncontrollably in the theater. We'll yeah, try to cool it together until the show's over. I don't need to, like, yeah, yeah, the notebook? Yeah. Why do I want to see the notebook? I'm not going to cry. <laughs> okay, it's Spade and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. One last show on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And my friend Brendan Hunt, the star, the true star of Ted Lasso, Coach Beard, joins us now to help us celebrate our last show and to talk a little World Cup. He's got a new podcast, After the Whistle, where he's been reacting to all of the World Cup magic with Rebecca Lowe. Um, first of all, thanks for coming on, Brendan. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me. It's, it's an honor to help commemorate this, uh, this auspicious occasion. That's right. Uh, you had a big day today. Steve Kerr on the pod, huh? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that was huge, <laughs> at least for me emotionally. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, uh, uh, well, I won't tell you what we talked about, but I got, um, I was able to steer the conversation somewhat toward Bulls things. And nice. I, uh, I got a question answered that I've had for a very long time. Ooh, spicy. Oh, okay. That a, that's a tease. That's a I mean, tease. That is... Trying to steal our job over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I, here's the thing that I always wonder, because I make the joke constantly on this show that everything I learned about soccer I learned from Ted Lasso. When you walk into the room at this point, how many people look at you to suddenly be the educational expert that will teach us all whatever we're watching and why we don't know what we're doing? Uh, slightly too many people. Um, <laughs> because, uh, and we talk about this on the, on the pod a little bit. Like For those of you who are like, just getting on board um, with soccer for the World Cup, great. That's what the World Cup does. People get on board. It's really good. However, 
the stakes are very high, and some of your questions could have been answered in the four years since the last World Cup. <laughs> in the middle of this game, not necessarily the time to ask me how offside works or why the clock is still ticking. Mm. These questions could have been answered previously. At least wait for a break in the action. And, uh, and we'll get your questions sorted. But not in the middle of the game, folks. Oh, my gosh. Not that's so game. true. That is so true, too. The, the people who show up. And it's fine if they're excited to get involved. But, like, there are other places Ooh. to learn about that. One of my favorite follows during soccer of any kind is Glennon Doyle, who calls it The Soccer. Of course, Abby Wambach's wife. And the other day, she was doing a full timeline as Abby stands one inch away from the screen watching. And she said, on my deathbed, I'm going to be like, psych, nine minutes of stoppage time. Which is just hilarious because it does, and especially in that U.S. men's national team game against Iran, it felt like, how is it another 10 minutes of stop? Like, there's a whole nother half that they basically played in stoppage time in that game. What was your reaction? Because to me, I felt really confident about the first half, and I'd like to see them continue playing that way, of course. I do not like the prevent defense style of the second half. I think that'll be terrifying if they use that every time they take a lead. Yeah, well, that's about getting out of the group. I mean, and... And so I really didn't mind it. I mean, you know, I must also remember Pulisic going out at halftime right. calls for a pretty, a pretty drastic uh, halftime locker room meeting. Um, so that was eventually just about like being professional and advancing. You know, you get to the knockout rounds and like you need to score to win. Um, and, you know, I don't think we're going to be the type of team who just tries to play it all the way to a penalty shootout. Uh, and just, you know, hold on for dear life, trying to defend. I don't think you can beat the Dutch that way, and I don't think Greg will try that. I think I think we'll try to play some proper soccer, and we shall see. So what do you think of the Saturday matchup against the Netherlands? Um, I'm dreading it on a personal <laughs> level. I'm dreading it because I lived in Amsterdam for five yes. years. That's where I first got into soccer. Mm. So, like, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of Holland. Um, they're my, you know, my non-North American team I follow, and now they're finally playing in a game of import, and I want to die. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it is hard when your side piece and your main squeeze go up against each other. You've been on my podcast talking about living in Amsterdam as you were doing comedy out there, falling in love with soccer to the point that tell everyone how many roommates you have and what you constructed in your living room to enjoy the soccer. Yeah, so I moved in just a little bit before the Euro 2000 tournament. Um, Holland hosted that tournament and had a very, very good team. They had just lost to Brazil in the 98 uh, World Cup in the semifinals. These eight Dutch guys who all knew each other from going to college in the town of Groningen, that's Groningen in the north of Holland, they built bleachers in our living room for the entirety of the tournament. They cut the wood themselves. They put it all together. You couldn't just bring friends. You had to do the sign-up sheet because of, like, you know, load distribution being calculated so we don't all fall into the McDonald's that was under us. And living in basically a stadium in your living room for for a month, that that, that opens your eyes. You get yeah. into some stuff you weren't into before at that point. It almost makes uh-huh. you want to root for Holland, too. Like, those people are dedicated enough to, to take up woodsmanship or woodscraftship or whatever you call it <laughs> yeah, just to watch their games. And we're still trying to figure out what offsides is over here. Like, that that's a, a fairly valid point. Like, at some point, as much as it matters to everybody else, is it right that we're coming in and screaming <laughs> so much? Like, we want the Team USA to win. I get that. But, man, there's a lot of countries that invest a lot more, that care a lot more than we do. Yeah, well, we're catching up. <laughs> and, uh, and some of us care emotionally. 
and these yeah. players have dedicated their lives to it, um, and they're trying to rep us properly, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, Brendan cares not for the emotions of other countries. This is serious, Fitz. Uh, after the Whistle Pod is where you can hear Brendan and Rebecca talk about the World Cup goings on. And at Brendan Hunting is where you can follow him. Um, Want to quickly make sure we get in a question about the show that has so much of America caring about soccer, learning about soccer. Um, what's the latest on Ted Lasso? We've been promised a season three. Um, are you guys making it entirely out of um, clay? Is that the holdup? <laughs> yep. Yep, it's an entirely claymation season. Not CGI clay. Yeah, no. Actual the real clay. thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we finished our London shoot, you know, where we've been for almost uh, 10 months. We finished a couple weeks ago. Woo-hoo. So, you know, that's a, that's, a big, that's a big milestone. And now we start the uh, post-process. And, um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't speculate as to when it would come out, but, but we've, we, can, we can see it coming down the pipe now. It Real exists. quick, the, before good. we let you go, like <laughs> Ted Lasso's in FIFA, the video game at this point, like so which cool. to me seems <laughs> yeah. like the coolest thing you could ever accomplish in life, just to be in a video. Like as a soccer nut, what does it mean to be in that game? It's just ridiculous, you know, because like we'll get together with some of the guys in the team, um, who are you know actors, but still they uh, they love FIFA too, um, and it's their, <laughs> you know, it's their faces. It's their faces going up against each other. And, like, that, that, there's Jason on the sideline. I haven't seen me on the sideline yet, but apparently that is an option. Um, and, but, like, you know, they're colliding with Harry Kane. They're, they're slide tackling uh, Lukaku. Like, <laughs> these are guys I go to work with. It's ridiculous. It's, like, the coolest thing that's happened to the show. And a lot of cool things have happened to the show. But FIFA, far and away the coolest. Yeah, I was going to say, it's hard to make a list at this point, I'm sure, of the coolest things that have happened as a result of you creating this thing that you love based on your love of the sport and, man, how it's taken off. Thank you so much for coming on, Brendan. We'll continue to listen to After the Whistle. We're all going to listen to the Steve Kerr episode now, and we look forward to Season 3. Thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of the World Cup. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Congratulations, guys. And institution passes this day. Love you. Thank you so much. Brendan Hunt, Coach Beard. God, I can't wait for season three. But that's going to be like this show fits. It's like I'm excited for it, and then it's sad because then it's over allegedly. Uh, it'll keep. It, I'm not. I refuse to accept that. We will get more Ted Lasso. Just spinoffs. Everybody gets a spinoff. I would Most watch a season on every character. There isn't yes. a single one on that show. Maybe I'm not going to name. There may be one I wouldn't watch a whole spinoff season. But ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. It's easy to bundle your home and car insurance at Progressive.com. More soccer with Clinton Yates coming up next. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm I'm not going to lie, Sarah. Like we're we're playing this theme. This is the theme to Airwolf for anybody that doesn't yeah. know this. Because Let it play. It became a Banger. conversation uh, between you and Clinton Yates, who's about to join us, the Around the Horn panelist. I'll say. This was a show I loved as a kid. I was all it. in on Airwolf. Wow. This was a, yeah, like I was all, I thought the, what, 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 John Michael, or whatever, J. Michael Vincent, I remember the actor's name. I thought he was like the coolest guy in the world. I, I loved, I, I love this show. Well, you're in the right place then because I had never seen it until during the days when you were cheating on me with other slots. Clinton Yates and I were part of Spain and Company, and it was uh, happy to be during the depths of COVID when there was zero sports, and we milked a best action and adventure TV theme song bracket for like three months, and we hit the Airwolf hard, 
And uh, that was the first I'd heard of it, but Clinton introduced that banger into my life. And I'm not going to lie, I have gotten ready to go out on a Friday night to the Airwolf theme song. Like, that's how much that slaps. (laughs) It's so good, guys. I mean, there's just nothing else for me to say about it. How are you? How are we feeling? How's everybody doing? We're not feeling feeling as good as you are. Our our producer, Devin, just pointed out that you tweeted out door dashing cheesecake this morning. What are we doing, Clinton? What's going on over there? I love this move. I woke up this morning. First of all, you know know I made the California move, a move that Sarah Spain knows well. And when you're out here, you know, you get to enjoy things earlier in the morning. And I was watching World Cup soccer, and I was like, you know what? Cheesecake for breakfast kind of day. Paid rent today, eating cheesecake for breakfast, watching the World Cup, sitting in my bed. That's what I did today. So you know, it's interesting. About that. Interesting you, it? you brought that up though, Clinton, because I think you know this is the last show, so now is a good time to you know air everything out. And I'm wondering, since you made that move out west, have you been on time more often to things? One hundred percent. And I tell you this, Sarah, and I know you know this, and Fitz, I know you know this well. It's made me a better journalist in this business. I can't stay up till every two a.m. every single night watching. I don't know blazers whatever you know what i mean like i don't want to have to spend every single hour of my waking evening watching the mariners trying to make the playoffs it's not about the sundays it's about the midweek stuff and now you know i wake up at the same time i woke up every day but i can watch every single thing without any consternation it's just it's just more fun that's just what it's come down to yeah fitz uh clinton once overslept for a 6 p.m show uh in case you're wondering why that came up that's, yes, that's solo that's Spain, coming. unexpected. So, yes. <laughs> I'm not even mad I'm at doing it. a lot I, of work when I was traveling back and forth on yeah. different cities from the East Coast. I don't go anywhere now. I just chill here. So it's great. <laughs> you mentioned uh, you were eating cheesecake watching the World Cup this morning. Give me your sense of where the men's team is so far for the U.S. Like, have they exceeded your expectations, met your expectations? Where are we so far? I'm not going to lie. They've exceeded my expectations. I thought that after game one it was going to be difficult for them to get out of that group even if not impossible and I also thought by watching the actual gameplay Sarah and I watched the Iran game together on the set Mm -hmm. for around the horn and there's something about the way that they play that I I don't love we can get into this a little bit but there's a lot of people that seem to believe that you know this team should be trying to possess the ball and stay on the front foot all the time because that's how they're going to be who they are as a result of their youth okay that's one strategy but I would also May I interest you in something along the lines of the Japan strategy? (laughs) Japan beats Spain and Germany in this tournament. Japan does not dominate possession. Japan dominates on skill. They take their chances, and when they get them, they make them. To me, that's the kind of game this U.S. men's national team should be playing. They've got the athleticism for that. They've got the gumption for that. The question is whether or not they've got, for lack of a better term, the stones for that. And I, I don't really know. I mean, there's an argument that, you know, if you put your best players on the field, you should try to keep the ball as long as possible to create more chances. When you're playing against better skilled teams, Spain, and I think you know this from all the soccer you've watched, sometimes you just got to make sure that you take your chances and you do better with them. If the U.S. is going to have a chance against the Netherlands, to me, that's how they have to play, not try to control the game. Clinton Yates is with us. You can follow him at Clinton Yates. You can read him on Anscape, watch him on Around the Horn. I want to ask you, because you mentioned Japan, there's been some surprising results. For, for people kind of casually watching, how do you put into context some of the teams that we've seen not advance out of the, uh, the group stage and some of the teams that we have? I think there's a couple things there. So we saw Germany go down. Germany goes down for the second time in the last two first rounds in the World Cup. They also went down early in the last Euros. I think there's a couple of different things here. Number one, the Qatar element has changed things. All right, number 
for, for the first part, the, the mid-season change is different. Now, more teams who play in Europe are a little bit more in shape, but I do think there is something about sort of the natural rhythms of the way a lot of these European squads do their thing that has been a little bit off, never mind the general ground mindset of what's happening in Qatar being, being very different. And number two, I think we're at a point now as well where because of the globalization of the game from a roster standpoint, you look across some of these squads where the Americans, for example, have four guys, maybe three guys that aren't even born in the U.S. A lot of other squads are, you know, drawing on their, for lack of a better term, colonial lineages to fill up their rosters. The way the game has evolved roster-wise, it's just more even. And so when it comes down to actual tournament time, you still got to play the games. You know, we're off schedule with everything, and teams are trying to compete, and sometimes you just might lose. Saudi Arabia beating Argentina was a great example of that, but Argentina came back to form. And, you know, sometimes you show up and you just don't have it. That's what the whole point of the tournament is. And even amidst all the human rights disasters and everything we hate about Qatar, which I am fully on board with, we don't necessarily have to get into that, there's still the soccer, and the soccer has been good. Well, and real quick, to your point also about this specific World Cup affecting so much, the fact that so many teams are mid-season, it really affected a lot of teams in terms of health and strategy to have to interrupt mid-November, December instead of playing in the summer like they normally do. Yeah, well, that's why they don't normally do it, Sarah. You know what I mean? Like, if if we could throw it in mid-season, like we would all the time, but it doesn't necessarily make sense. Um, Qatar, I don't want to say aside, but Qatar notwithstanding. And so I think that we're all going to look at this those of us who follow a lot of international tournaments and say, yeah, Qatar was the weird one. And not just because of where it was and how it happened, but because of the timing and the way that everything played out, we saw some slightly different results and not necessarily bad ones. You know, the whole idea is that everybody gets better, not just that the dominant teams continue uh, to control everything. All right. So Clinton, what's the ceiling for the U S team the rest of the way in your mind? Oh, man, I think, like I said before, I think it's going to be a tough go against the Dutch. I mean, the Dutch are a team that, again, another team that's kind of on a revenge tour because they missed last World Cup entirely. They look like they're in decent form, and in general, they're a better team. I don't think there's anything wrong with admitting that in terms of who they are, not just as a soccer nation, but in terms of who this specific squad is. However, there are some specifics that I think Greg Berhalter needs to address. Um, Gio Reyna is one of them. I, I, I did love the fact that he... He just hasn't seen enough minutes for me for a player that dynamic, and I'm not going to say it's something personal. Who knows what it is, but the kid's not playing, and the kid's pretty good. So you don't want to get beat with a team that I'm not going to say everybody thinks is not your best team because that's not really the point. I trust the coaches on some level, but I do think there is some reticence to just, dude, just let it fly. You know what I mean? Like let the guys who are good play the game they're going to play and don't force them to do something that they can't do against a better team. Then they've got a shot. This is going to be one of those where take your chances – because they might be all you get. You don't have to control everything and sort of wrap everything up in a pretty bow before you send it off in a box. Hey, Clinton, last thing real quick. Uh, you've followed this team enough to know some of the stories of the players. If someone wants to get into this World Cup a little bit more by finding out about a player or two, who's a guy or two that's got a good story they should read up on? Uh, for me, it's Tim Weah. He's the son of George Weah, who was the, I believe, 1999 FIFA Player of the Year, maybe European Player of the Year. He played for AC Milan for years in Serie A. He's now the president of Liberia, and he's, like, moving around the World Cup trying to be this normal soccer dad. He's <laughs> a total world leader and a complete, actual, international soccer superstar. But his son, Tim, has played great for the squad. He scored a goal, obviously, earlier in the tournament. He's been one of the standouts. If you want to think about what the – internationalism of the game is and how everything connects all down through the line and why soccer kind of brings a lot of people together to one USA Tim Weah. He's a great example. 
Follow him on Twitter, at Clinton Yates. Not only do you get all the uh, soccer stuff you need, you get uh, cheesecake updates. My friend, we appreciate you sharing this special night with us. Uh, thanks, as always. Thanks, Clinton. Uh, be safe out there in the uh, No there problem. In it's, keep the Bolts sleeping. are, are going to end the Raiders' season this week, just so you know that. Bye. Woo! Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That That's how we're Woo! ending this thing? That That's what wow. Clinton Yates. Wow. Wow. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. It's Progressive's 10th Keys to Progress giveaway for veterans. This year, their goal is to gift a vehicle to a recipient small business, or nonprofit in every state. See more about their annual giveaway at keystoprogress.com. So he just said that the Bolts are going to end the Raiders' season. Well, coming up, we'll be joined by one of the stars mm-hmm. of the Raiders. We'll see what he Bring thinks that on that, about that next. Mm-hmm. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Spain and Fitz yes. on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. She's Sarah Spain. I'm Jason Fitz. You can hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, but only nice things. At Sarah Spade, at Jason Fitz, at Spade and Fitz. As this is the last night that we get to do this show together, Uh this will be the end of our run of many years together doing radio every single day. Now, uh, peek behind the curtain here, Sarah. We're we're still waiting to see if this happens, but we had the the whole show put together. We're going through everything, and all of a sudden, just a few minutes ago, you know, producer Devin Extraordinaire gets in our ears and says, hey, we might be able to get a Raiders player on. And you were gracious enough to say, hey, we should do that because that of would course. make me happy. That shows why you're a great teammate. Of course we want to get a Raiders player on. I want to hear the levels of pitch your voice can hit when you're trying to keep it together talking to your yeah, man. I mean, that's probably fair. How, how many questions in before I can ask him for a jersey? Like, I feel like I have. Yeah, I think you got to wait on the merch or? till much later, like not even during this interview, like maybe uh, once okay. you've become actually Actual friends. Okay, well, here's the thing. I became actual friends with Max Crosby. Max is my guy. Uh, I I love Max. We got tattoos together at the NFL draft. And at the NFL draft, he sat there and said, you know what? I told him I I tried to get a jersey. They're also you can't find a Max Crosby jersey anyway. So I I was trying to uh, I was trying to make sure that I could get a jersey signed. I wanted to put it in my office. And I was like, man, I couldn't find a jersey to, to get signed. They don't have any. And he just looks at me. He's like, man. I got you. Like, there's no no nice. worries about that. I'll just nice. I'll, I'll send you a jersey. Nope, hasn't said it since. So wow. I think so you're karma, not real friends. Right, right? Maybe well, Darren Waller will be your real friend if Max Crosby has spurned you. Uh, well, d- d- do we have? I'm peeking. Yeah, we do. He's here. Oh, we, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't hear we had him. I was yeah, just you stalling. were just still okay. filibustering. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. So now we are joined by Raider superstar Darren Waller. Uh, Darren, appreciate the time. Let's start with it's my claws, my cleats this weekend in the NFL. I know you partnered with USAA. Tell us what you're doing with your cleats. Yeah, so uh, it's an honor to partner with USAA. Um, for my cleats, uh, I'll be uh, shouting out the Salute Service, uh, especially the Wounded Warrior Project. I was able to spend time with them at Allegiant Stadium uh, to get to know them, spend time with them. So I wanted to honor them, all the branches of the military. And I had a cousin of mine, Mary Griffin, who served in the Army for 20 years. So uh, it really ended up being a really cool project to be able to uh, shout out all those people. Fitz, you worked with them before, right? Yeah, I've worked with the Wounded Warrior a bunch in the music industry. They do a great job of getting uh, people that have been impacted, obviously, in the in the line of service to come out and go to shows, and they get the backstage ac- access. I can't say enough about Wounded Warrior and uh, what they are is an overall uh, charitable cause. They do great yeah. work for people that have given a lot to our country. Well, it was nice of Darren not to react to you saying, my claws, my cleats, which I think is when dogs wear cleats. Yeah, yeah you did. Um, not that we'd expect <laughs> you to start learning how to read for our very last That's show. Uh, Darren, fair. Fitz is very nervous. He is a gigantic I'm Raiders nervous. fan. 
he is sort of unable to act like a professional right now. So I'm going to take the reins here for a minute and ask you <laughs> some actual questions like a professional. Um, talk about this season. It's obviously been disappointing. What's the conversation like around the team? And, and how do you stay motivated week in and week out when the record isn't isn't giving you what you wish it did? Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a frustrating season as far as results are concerned. Um, you definitely, you know, with the team that we have, with the coaches that we have, you would have expected better results out the gate, but there's nothing you can really do by now. And uh, guys on the team know that, you know, we're not somebody that's going to fold when things don't necessarily go our way or try to make excuses as to why they aren't going well. We're just going to find a solution as opposed to focusing on the problem. So, um, guys have the right attitude. Uh, you see that in the last couple of weeks with the effort and uh, enthusiasm that they play with. And uh, I'm just excited to get back in the mix with those guys and uh, see what we can make happen uh, on a week-to-week basis if the season turns out. You've been battling hamstring issues all year, Darren. So uh, while you're learning a new offense with a new coaching staff, as you referenced, so how challenging has it been in a year that did have expectations for you to be battling injuries while also learning a new offense? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a lot, it's a lot to, to handle, but, um, you know, that's the, the challenge that I welcome, the challenge that I accept, you know, because it's reality. There's nothing I'm able to do now to go back in time and, uh, fix what's happened this year as far as my health or, you know, any type of performance from the team. Um, all I gotta do is keep learning the best I can, uh, really was, uh, having a grasp of the offense, uh, as I was still out there. So, um, uh, grateful to have the fundamentals and the foundation of it down and be able to go out there and play fast and play free. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's really a blessing to be healthy now um, to have had that time to heal. So uh, getting ready to go. Darren Waller Raiders tight end is with us here on Spain and Fitz. You can follow him at Rackwall 83 on Twitter. Uh, Darren, when a season goes the way it has, there's an expectation for a lot of change. Does it feel like those conversations are happening sort of behind the scenes with players, or do you focus on the task at hand and at the end of the season you address the the chance for some real roster uh, breakups? Um, yeah, I don't really hear or see guys uh, talk about things like that. Um, guys are pros in our locker room. We know that with the season we do uh, whatever we can to make the best of it right now with the people that are there, and we don't have control over whether people are going to be there or not. We just work the best we can with um, the coaches that we have. And I believe that, you know, Josh is going to be here and Josh is really going to be able to help lead us and turn things in the direction that we want to be able to turn them. So uh, we believe in him and what he stands for and how he wants to go about doing it. So, uh, yeah, there's no conversation going on like that. Darren, when we were bringing you on the show, I mentioned I, I got a tattoo with Max Crosby at the draft this year. And one of the things we talked about a little bit there was his sobriety in that journey, which is something that gets talked about often with you. But that comes after a year for the Raiders last year where there was a lot of controversy off the field, obviously. People talk about whether or not Vegas is a great place for athletes to play because of the city. What would you say to somebody that says the temptation of the city is too much for a professional athlete? Um, I would say then just look at me. Um, And it's really all about um, uh, the company that you keep and the intentions that you have. What, What are you trying to, what are you getting into? Um, because if you're into the right things that are about, you know, making an impact, being of service, being around people that are like-minded as you, and, uh, you know, trying to be the best versions of themselves, you'll find yourself in a very encouraging environment. I love living in Vegas. Um, 
making this place my home. Other people I've met here and the friends I've made here have uh, become like family. They've helped me become a better man, a better person, better player, everything. So I really feel like it's all about, you know, you, you got to be able to evaluate yourself and think about what your values are, what you hold most important, what your priorities are, because I don't feel like a place can be too tempting for you if you really are convicted on the way that you want to live on the inside. Darren Waller from the Raiders is with us here. One of the people that maybe, I don't know, you might have met in Vegas that would also understand what it's like to be an athlete in Vegas is Kelsey Plum. You got anything to tell us about all the photos of you guys that are on the internet? Um, yeah, I, she, I consider her one of my best friends. Um, we've been able to uh, form a friendship that's been really cool. That's been uh, really just open and honest. And uh, so I try to support somebody I consider a great friend as much as I possibly can. She's a baller. She's got an arm yeah, too. She could probably, one. she could probably like literally do yeah. workouts with you in the backyard with that arm. I mean, yeah. I mean, she, she work out more than anybody you could possibly name. <laughs> Love it. All right, Darren. So uh, obviously, before we get you out of here, I want to remind everybody you teamed with USAA for Wounded Warrior Project for my cause, Mike Leeds. I said it right that time. Also, Darren, tell everybody where they can check out the Darren Waller Foundation so they can get involved in some of the work you're doing off the field. Uh, yeah, you can check out uh, Darren Waller Foundation information at darrenwaller.org um, for upcoming events. Like we have an event uh, happening in the spring in May out here in Vegas. Um, there's links to donate, links to um, all we've been able to do through uh, the grant programs we started, uh, helping people go to treatment. So uh, DarrenWall.org will have everything that you need to know or want to know about uh, the Darren Wall Foundation. That's awesome. Man, best of luck. Uh, yeah. Best of luck with the future. Get healthy, obviously. Uh, miss uh, as a fan, I miss seeing you dominate every week. Right now, I uh, hope you get healthy, my friend. We appreciate you joining us on the show. Oh yeah, thank you. It's an honor to be on you guys' last show. I really appreciate that. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much, Darren. Look at us getting a little Raiders love in on the last nice. spade of fits there. I'm telling you, it feels pretty good. It feels pretty and good. He's a, he's a very inspirational guy who I think a lot of people have looked up to over his career. So awesome to have him on. Yeah, making a huge difference in the community, too. Great work by him. All right, we got to get you set and ready for a massive Thursday night football matchup. We'll do it next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Spain and Fitz, the podcast.